the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Today, if you want to do a little strategy chat, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. That's rob at robblack.com. You can always do that. I kind of like that, to be quite honest with you. It's um, a little different pace instead of talking interest rates and the economy and this stock did well, that stock did well. I'll go over some stocks today for sure. You know, maybe some what I would call stocks that you want to have on a shopping list. But again, I could use your help, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Got an email recently that I want to kind of jump right in on and uh, you know, go off on, the, I think, the right direction. This one comes to me from, I, I hope I'm getting this first name right, Anyarog. And he goes, love your show on 1220. Appreciate the advice uh, they come from life experiences. I'd vote for you towards the Nobel Prize. God. Some people are so they flare for the dramatic. Can you help some tips on calculating and or quantifying the return of investment of debt-free life? I've been wondering past few months to pay off my mortgage and live debt-free. I don't know if that would be a motivator for me to lose weight, though they are different things, but they, however, are subjective. So far, I'm trying to figure out whether it would be a blessing for me to have a new ME, physically and mentally. I'm not sure what an ME is. Already I'm confused. Oh, a new me. Well, that was too obvious. Or is it just a myth to be debt-free? I do hear the math. If I invest in mutual funds, average of 8 to 15% returns versus 3.62% on mortgage interest. The former is undoubtedly better. If I invest in a rental property... Okay, let's let's just start right here. And joining me today, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hi, Rob. So quickly, we got this email where this guy is talking about a debt-free life. And he's like, there's a, a radio show out there, and it's kind of religiously motivated, a guy named Dave Ramsey. And he has this big thing about being debt-free. And it's one of the most toxic and poisonous messages you can send out. One of the first messages I got when I was dating, um, uh, starting my business and dating a girl, was from her dad. She goes, you know, 
I'm going to have a mortgage the day I die. I'm pretty good with that. So, like, don't get all super motivated. Pay everything off. I love a mortgage right now at three point in this email three point six two five percent, and he's not even doing the math right. He's just looking at the interest rate, not the tax savings, not the tax deductions, not the static cost of money that doesn't readjust for inflation, not the compounding on the stocks versus the real estate. He's also putting money into his house every month. Pretty fascinating that people are financially this stupid. And again, I'm not tearing him a new one, but he's way off base on should you pay off a mortgage or should you invest and the power of living debt free it's not that great debt free is nice you know but having debt gives you credit having credit gives you lower cost of money for future things um any thoughts well i, I like the fact that he's even bringing it up and I, I and i appreciate the an email like this I, and i get them all the time like this um people definitely need to start thinking about their rate of return we we run into scenarios like this all the time. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, should I take money out of here and pay pay off some mortgage or or get my mortgage so that it's the payments are lower, I can fit into a certain uh, equity uh, percentage so that I can get a mortgage and drop that mortgage insurance." So we're always looking at rates of return and where your money is best used. So getting this out in the open is the first thing. I I, I like the fact that he's thinking about it. Um, and you know, coming to use for advice is is, is great. Um, but, you know, debt-free mortgages, are it's pretty tough nowadays, and there's a lot of advertisements on, on how to do it. There's one company that says, oh, use all of your assets on a monthly basis and pay off your mortgage and get a new one, so, or do bi-monthly payments or uh, make an extra payment every year. So there's a lot of advertisements on this. And those advertisings or advertisements are typically geared to get you to do a transaction with that group, whether it's a $3,000, $4,000 processing fee and or a big dollar cost for the software that will help you do this, you could all do it yourself. If you really want to send in an extra payment, send in an extra payment. Bi-weekly is almost retarded. Like the math on it is so simple. And I'm saying financially retarded. You're just sending in an extra payment. Bi-weekly means you're sending in 13 payments instead of 12 payments per year. Um, or there's 13 months is the idea. So some quick facts. A mortgage doesn't affect your home's value. So you don't have to pay it off in any way, shape, or form. In fact, you're also maybe creating a tax liability. In the Bay Area, you get to deduct, you know, you get to walk away with $500,000 in capital gains if you have a spouse, $250,000 for each individual. So pay it off and you're not walking away with, you know, you could be kicking yourself up to what could be 28% capital gains taxes because right now we're at 20%, 23.8% if you throw in some uh, other issues tied towards health care funding of Obamacare, depending on how much you make and don't make. Um, it's pretty sizable. A mortgage won't stop you from building equity in the house um, in any way, shape, or form. Mortgage interest is tax deductible, and mortgage interest is tax favorable, um, which a lot of people just won't grasp. So um, interest you pay on loans to acquire your residence up to a million dollars is tax deductible. The deduction is taken out top tax bracket. Thus, if you're in the 35% tax bracket, every dollar you pay in mortgage interest saves you 35 cents in federal interest income tax. Um, same thing goes on state income taxes as well. So, um, so tax savings versus capital gains. Mortgage payments get easier over time, um, which a lot of people don't see. Mortgages allow you to sell without selling. They get easier over time in large part because um, you get raises, hopefully. 
Lord knows my mortgage payment would have killed me in my 20s, but in my 40s it's pretty easy. And in my 50s it'll be real easy. And you have kids and they leave the house and suddenly your health care costs and your a lot of costs goods start to go down. So mortgages allow you to sell without selling. Um, you can do refinances and pull money out. That's what CFPs do. And that's what I do. Um, I think it's a smart way to go over time. So you take some of the risk out of the house um, if there's a future you know, price drop. So with that said, I appreciate the email, but way off base. What I would have liked him to say, and he, the one the area that he was pretty good at was losing weight. Because I was just talking to an insurance agent. He goes, ooh, you need to get to 205 to get the sweetest rate. I'm like, I can get to 217. He goes, 205 is the sweetest rate. And you know what the difference is? An extra $1,000 a month. So I can get to 205. Like, I'm going to start smoking. I'm going to do whatever I can to, to drop the weight. You know, it changes also my smoking, life. Smoking, exp- okay. You know, you know, smokers can stay thinner than other people. Yeah. yeah, so. Kind of a. Speeds up your metabolism. A fix for your mouth, I suppose. Yeah, so I'm at, you know, um, what was I going to say? Oh, my life expectancy, he said it's like 82 for me. He said you get down to 205 and it, it jumps to 87. I'm like, that's pretty good, so. With that said, any other thoughts on this uh, email? No, you know, the, the, with rates the way they are, I think definitely people need to check their their um, their mindset on, on paying off mortgages. I, I know that a lot of people are still going to 15-year loans. I mean, if there's a, a way that you want to pay off your house quicker, I would do something like that. I mean, 15-year right now is close to 3% on a, on a conforming Freddie Mac loan. So... 3.625, not too bad, 3%, a little bit better, but you still have a mortgage, still manage that mortgage, and, and that's what these low rates allow people to do. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at com. I would talk rates with him. He gets fantastic rates on mortgages, better than any other person I've ever seen. You can find him at com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. <laughs> I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. When you see global volatility and you hear U.S. cutting interest rates or U.S. buying debt and you hear Europe buying debt, it is politicians not doing their jobs. It's the the banking systems doing the job for the politicians. The banking system has got mandates to look for inflation levels. The banking system has got mandates to look for, um, obviously, I just had inflation levels, but employment levels and maximum employment and things like that. Um, So the ECB and the Federal Reserve, you watch this stuff, and we talk about it on a regular basis, because that affects lending rates. Lending rates affects Companies like, uh, well, individuals, you know, bouncing back in 2015 after 2014 loan levels. 
and more loans probably means Home Depot stock has a chance to do more better. I know that's bad grammar, and I did that intentionally. But the point being is more loans, Home Depot, more better. When you buy a home, one of the very first things you do is you kind of have this massive regret. You look around and go, oh, boy, there's a lot of stuff to do here. And where do you go? Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever. I'm not saying where do you go, but where does the average American go? Home Depot. Um, so it does affect, you know, I'm not saying the elbow is connected to the, the ankle, but something like that. I know that doesn't even make sense, but it is 120% true. Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hi, Rob. Um, so 2015, you, you got what I was just trying to say about world calamity and people's heads getting cut off and Russia mm-hmm. invading Ukraine somehow helps Home Depot stock. Like, it's a weird piece together, but it is pieced together. I mean, it, it, you can clearly see the numbers. Uh, there's other evidence, too. The National Association of Home Builders, they have a remodeling index that, that a lot of people follow, and it's the highest it's been in many, many, many years right now. And that means people are out there buying supplies for their house, doing improvements. And that means other uh, uh, parts of the, indus- the industry are getting more jobs and more work. And, and you see, as equities go up, people are taking more money out of their house, and they can borrow it cheaper. So it's, it's making a lot of sense for a lot of homeowners right now. So home lending plunged 36% last year to the lowest level since 1997, when the Dow Jones Industrial Average first broke 7,000. The drop is led by Wells Fargo, where originations of loans dropped 50% from a year earlier. Markets poised for revival this year as a tighter labor market spurs wage growth, and borrowers have an easier time qualifying for mortgages as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have kind kind of lightened up on the standards that you need in order to qualify for a loan. Is all that a true story, Tony, from what you're seeing? Tighter labor market, a little more wages, first-time buyers? I think it's a trickle-down. Okay. Uh, There's no doubt, uh, depending on who you ask. uh, Lawrence Yoon, he's the chief economist for National Association of Realtors. He he continually says that uh, tight mortgage guidelines is one of the biggest causes of, you know, a, a slow recovery in the housing market. You know, I kind of tend to disagree with that. We had a better housing market in 2007. Yes, the guidelines were a, bit, a little bit um, um, easier, but rates were also 2% higher. So it, it, we have a kind of a give and take here. We have tighter guidelines but better rates. And we do ha- definitely have a lot more buyers that are interested in getting into properties. We, I just don't think we have enough sales. One of the, the numbers that they don't show there is one of the re- – of why we have less lending is there's, there's not a lot of new home construction right now, not a lot of resales. There, that's pretty low numbers right now. So it's, that's something that also has to change, and, and we're looking for that catalyst. We've been pretty flat with rates over the last uh, 20 months, Rob, going back to May of 2013, and that really hasn't done what it was supposed to do, and that's supposed to get more activity, more activity, when in fact it's actually gotten slower. So one of the things that you said that I will key in off of, whereas maybe our listeners won't and maybe you don't even, but we're originating more loans with better standards and lower rates. So to me, let's just say some of the loans done 10 years ago were pretty crappy and pretty loose, and that helped hurt our economy. There's no doubt about it. We saw kind of an implosion in real estate. Uh, People got loans who shouldn't have. Now you're saying people are getting loans who should, which probably you can imply, but it is an assumption that means the next 10 years of our economy will be a little bit better because people will be locked into lower rates and they qualified for them. 
A hiccup will come, and they'll have some emergency reserves because that's part of the standards of getting a loan in this day and age. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and and it, it, when you hear a lot of this news about um, you know tight mortgages and people having trouble, you know, improving the economy, Obama saying, "Oh, we're going to lower FHA uh, mortgage insurance to help people afford houses uh, a little bit better," and a lot of this is really geared for the people who can't buy a house. There's still a lot of people who can buy a house. Um, otherwise, we would have seen these low mortgage rates were we're right back down to where we were almost just a hair off of our all-time lows, yet we still don't see the amount of activity that we're seeing. So, yes, that we do need those jobs to kind of eventually see the, uh, that pick up, the income levels pick up, and we really like to see those wages go up um, higher than what we've seen adjusted inflation back in, what is it, 95 or 93 is where they predict we are right now. So we're, we're like at, at adjusted inflation 20 years back as far as in, uh, incomes. And wages, and we really need that number to continue rising for us to afford and continue seeing these home prices go up. So we got an email that I was hitting on last segment. I want to hit on it a little bit more today. And it goes, if I get 8 to 15% in the stock market on average versus 3.65 in mortgage interest savings, the thing that he's missing is mortgage savings are one time, whereas compounding is where it makes stock market so powerful. You get 8% one year, and then... Your original investment gets 8% the next year, plus your new investment that just kicked off 8% just has a little baby 8%. So your money starts making money. A lot of people miss that. But this was the fascinating thing, and this is we don't have a lot of time. His point number two that he wanted to make was, if I invest in a rental property, I can perhaps get 7% a year return on purchase price of the property. What's that make you feel like? When you hear, I can get 7% return in a rental property. He's Well, first of all, it sounds like the guy's fishing for ideas on what to you know, where's money's best used? Um, stock market. With the stock market. I First mean, and foremost. You can, you can go and, and say, okay, well, the ECB just announced we're going to do 60 billion euros a month in asset purchases. And, and oh, the yields are dropping across in Germany. And then what's going to happen in Greece and, and Italy? Look and what, ha- Fran- look, look what and, happened to the stock market in the United States when, Green, um, when Greenspan started lowering rates. Right. Stock market's up 200% since then. Yeah, so, so what's happening is it's driving um, foreign investors into the United States into the safer assets, which includes the 10-year yield or the 10-year, the 10-year bond and driving the yields down, which is giving us better interest rates. Meanwhile, that's helping out companies in the United States uh, and profit margins, and et cetera, and that's going to increase the stock market. So we're seeing a, 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 this trickle-down effect in the United States from Europe. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. What I wanted to get out of that was the rental property idea. There's I know a, we kind of skipped that, but I think yeah. you guys are fishing for – Similar to put his money. He's trying to hit a home run. Yeah. And he's trying to have other people's money pay for it. It's not that easy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. So I like going through emails on certain days, and I know some people are afraid to call in, and you shouldn't be. This could be my favorite email in quite a while. And this is from a young woman named Sabrina. Um, she says, I tune into your station sometimes for some advice and life lessons on my finances. I'm seeking for advice to set up my fa- in my life. She's 25, so I love it. I love the idea of someone actually taking responsibility before they turn 40 and it's too late. Um, I officially own my own vehicle as of yesterday. Woo! Paid it off. I'm fortunate enough to live at home with my parents, but I'm reaching that time when it's ready to move on. Let's be real. Totally know that feeling. Like, it's tough to bring a date home with mom and dad. And the date walks out at 7 a.m. in the morning right next to mom and dad. Uh, Yeah, I get it. Everyone says, no, stay at home as long as you can. This sounds great. Save money. But I got to start learning some life lessons, and I totally agree with that. Um, Somewhere around 22 and 23, 24, it's important to have roommates and learn, like, you really are a pig. Or you don't like living with pigs. Or... You know, you pay your bills on time, and they don't pay their bills on time. Because later when you acquire a spouse, this is going to become very important so you don't chew off each other's heads. Um, her goal is to save at least 15000 before she moves out. I think that's very noble. Um, she wants to get a big rental and then sublet two of the rooms so that she can charge higher prices. I think that's very smart. She moved to Southern California to find a job and buy a cheaper home, so my money isn't wasted. I, I can't answer that one. I would... Know that when you're 25, you should look at your career as one of the biggest things you can invest in. So should you send out some resumes and see what they're offering in different parts of the world and you know compare that to rents? Absolutely. If that's something you feel good for. Um, you know, she, she went on to ask things like, uh, how much am I going to need to put down on a house? And how do I go about doing that? Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, mortgage lender, good friend of mine for 20 years guy that I trust, guy that I've done multiple loans with. Um, for someone in their 20s like her, 25, um, she's, getting, she's got the right idea. You know, get, slowly get out of the house, get out of the house with her debts paid off, get out of the house with a little emergency savings. She does put money into her 401k at work, maybe enough, maybe not enough, but she's doing I mean, you don't have to be perfect in your 20s. You just have to start practicing. So that when the real money and the real crunch time... I like that word, practicing, yeah. You're going to go through quite a few practice rounds, uh, maybe in a couple of rental places, and maybe go through some roommates. I don't know if I particularly like the idea about you know, subletting. Out. I wouldn't tell your landlord that when you're getting the, the property. But um, it's a good, definitely a great way to start saving money for, for a house. And, it, and it's difficult. You know, Rents are high right now, Rob, in the Bay Area. Yeah, so I think she should take a little bit more time, maybe, um, and come up with a little bit more of a plan. But she's she's close. And again, when I say practicing, there's going to be times when you invest in something and you know you're right and you're absolutely wrong. That's why I generally tell people who are in their 20s, um, do things like start with a budget, write down some goals, figure out how much those goals cost, figure out how you can make your budget help fund those goals, be realistic, be young. Have fun. Don't go splurge on a $300 bottle of wine, which is easy to do in the Bay Area. Don't go splurge on a big trip to Mexico, which is easy to do in the Bay Area. Um, learn that, like, and this is like, here I am, talk, like, I feel like I'm a dad talking to her. 
because I am older than her. So that's kind of fair. She could be my daughter, technically, um, if I had her like when I was three. But that's still <laughs> okay, okay, maybe like when I was 20. Um, with that said, like uh, some of the advice that I'd, I would give her is like, you're young, and I'd give this to a male and female. You're young. Your body's perfect. If you want to have a boyfriend, you don't have to go to Mexico or Hawaii to have great sex and have a good weekend and have a lot of passion, have a lot of romance. You could do that in the Bay Area. There's so many nice escapes like Napa and you know, Half Moon Bay. Half Moon Bay is a little, uh, but it's nice. So go to the Ritz for a cocktail. Don't go to the Ritz and stay in the hotel. But go to the Ritz for a cocktail. Saves you a lot of money. It's just as impressionable. The Holiday Inn down the street, bed's not quite as nice, but you can do the same thing in the same beds. Anyway, um, so for someone like her, you know, that, that new beginner career, what can she do to make herself mo- more homeworthy as far as to a lender down the road? Like you were telling me a story during the commercial break about a young man and a young woman, and he makes like 170, she makes like 220. Like, holy shnikes, that's a lot of money for people under 30, 35. Yeah. Um, save money, definitely. That, that's the, the first thing. And in reality, a $700,000 house in the Bay Area is reasonable. Uh, and you only need 3.5% down, so, you know, 25 grand. Uh, but you still have to cover that payment. So, get it, you know, having a good job really, really, really helps. And, um, you know, Fixing your credit, making sure you don't make mistakes on that. And, and that's part of those life lessons that you're going to learn when you go out and get an apartment, maybe uh, get a credit card in a car and, and, and screw it up and then figure out that credit means a whole bunch because you're going to end up with a higher interest rate somewhere else. And, and then when it comes down to mortgage, it's even, you know, it has much more impact with a, a, an interest rate like that, you know, that's, that's a little higher. Uh, you know, it's tough, Rob. It, you know, a lot of people in the Bay Area are, are – Tuned in to, you know, they, they hear real estate all the time, all the yeah. time, all the time, and they forget about saving money. So I think that would be the first thing that I do. And then make decisions down the road. It's easier to make them when you have that savings. Well, also they hear about real estate because the person living across from them has been in the place for 40 years. And if, yes, if you can invent a time machine go back 40 years, it's a great thing to do. But, like, I don't expect my home to appreciate any for the next 10 years. Because to be able to afford the home that I'm in, it would probably take a $450,000 income, which it's out there, but not a lot of them. Do you think your house will appreciate as much as the person who bought 40 years ago appreciated up till today and then 40 years later? Do I think that'll get... Yeah, your house will appreciate the same no. percent. Yeah. No. So so we've had a big change in the way real estate works. You have to remember, too, that interest rates were much, much higher back then. So in the last 40 years, what's happened in Silicon Valley is probably not going to happen again because we've already seen the second round of Silicon Valley move to New York, move to different parts of the world. Um, So, yeah, we got great thinkers here. We can hide behind that. Yes, we've got Stanford and Berkeley. We can hide behind that. But at one point in time, we were a big defense specialist um, in the world, in the United States, and that's kind of waned. Um, considerably as it goes to other parts of the country that can do manufacturing cheaper and scenarios like that. Um, But back to that couple we were talking about with you, and I don't want to get too specific because there's a lot of specific markers in them, but he, and this, I want to stay with the 25-year-old girl because I like 25-year-old girls. They're hot. That's hot. Little Nicole Richie, please. Little Nicole Richie, maybe a little Paris Hilton. My producer's not sleeping in there. Uh. So anyway, uh, that's hot. Um, That's hot. Good. That was nice. You sounded just like Nicole Richie there. Um, 
Okay, so staying with her and your couple, he $170,000 a year job, her $220,000 a year job, and they they found this house. Are they boyfriend, girlfriend? Husband, wife. Okay. And he said she was pouting because, like, when it came time to fill out the credit forms and when it came time to start seeing if they're going to make the lending, he had a previous girlfriend basically run credit cards on him and, like, uh, go out and spend and splurge, not pay him, and... Uh, his credit was ruined because yeah, of the relationship. Yeah, he didn't check it until within a week or so of wanting to actually put an offer on a house that they had found, thinking that just their income was going to work towards buying this house. Right. And when in reality, it completely kicked him out of the picture, and we had to use just her income. And it, it dropped their purchase price significantly. I've been in that scenario before where I was the high earner, and the Playboy model was not exactly a high earner. And you had to exclude her from a loan, whether it be a car loan or a home I, loan. I, I bought my first house that way. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's not uncommon. But the lesson is, when your boyfriend and girlfriend don't commingle your finances, don't get commingle your credit cards. Was he previously married or was it just, mm-hmm. a, it was just a girlfriend? He was a, just an authorized user on that credit card. Yeah. Bad idea. Bad idea. So, and then when the relationship does end, close the account. You, you know I had a girlfriend that ran up a credit card of mine. I don't remember that. And we we broke up, and next thing you know, I got this bill. It's like five thousand dollars, and she was gone, and I was stuck with the bill. It was an awful situation. Did she get the baby? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Couples that split up, and I, I just saw her on Facebook, and uh, her daughter got married. Okay, so twenty years later, wow, or so. Interesting, and I, I think sometimes people feel entitled. Which is just, again, that's that whole 20s thing. I would feel guilty using someone else's credit card, knowing the bill's going to their house and not mine after a relationship's over. I, I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. No. Hmm. Anyway, um, so I think that's all the advice I have for that 25-year-old. I think it's, I think she's moving in the right direction. Once you save money, you can start making easier decisions. So well, saving the money is the first thing I would do. And make sure you don't screw up your credit. And you can do 3% loans now. You can? 3% down? Three and a half. Yeah, yeah. you can actually do zero down payment, but those those are programs usually geared for people who are uh, lower income, which doesn't really fit around the Bay Area. Yeah, although lower income around the Bay Area is pretty common. Um, I've got a friend who works at Stanford, and she gets to live in low income housing because she's got a baby out out of wedlock, and uh, her her salary is not that too low. Like it's seventy, eighty thousand dollars. You don't think of that as low income, but mathematically it is. Yeah. With that said, it's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Have questions for us? Drop us an email. Rob at RobBlack.com. It's Rob at RobBlack.com. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. There's a lot of simple things, like 
if you don't save 10 to 15% of your salary and income, you're not going to retire with the lifestyle that you currently have. I know that sounds incredibly simple, and it is. But most people can't do that or grasp that or process that. I think the idea of a big wedding is ludicrous in this day and age. I think it made a lot of sense in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. But in this day and age, it's too competitive out there. And to throw $30,000 down on one day is is financially going to retard you. Um, especially when you're in like your 20s and 30,000 will become 60. That 60 will become 120. That 120 will become 240. That 240 will become basically half a million dollars before you turn 60. So you're making a, a half million dollar decision. I think America's on a, a road to d- destruction, and I'm going to tell you why. And there's one company that I'm going to blame. Is it Philip Morris who makes cigarettes? Altria, who makes... No, it's not. The smoking doesn't isn't going to kill us. It's the addiction to the smartphones and the smart watch that's coming and Microsoft's hologram lens thing. We spend way too much of our money on things that go down in value quickly. That $600 phone will be worth $60 in two years, if that. So if you can learn to use last year's generation, you'll go far. I sent a friend into an Apple store because her phone got destroyed. I was like, is there any chance you could live with a flip phone? (laughs) Nope. I know a person with a flip phone. He works in radio with me. He's the cheapest mother person I've ever met in my life. But um, he's also, you know, at retirement age, and he doesn't have time to, like, play around with new phones and lose the value so quickly. So he drives a reliable automobile, a Chrysler K car. Um, It's old. It's real old. But it's easy to fix and doesn't have a lot of electronics in it. And anyway, that's the biggest mistake I see young people making. So... You know, the the phone bill. That's are you, are you staring at my broken phone? No, well, I <laughs> think five hundred dollar oh, cracked oh. phone. So, so my friend, her phone got destroyed, and she wasn't going to get a flip phone. So I said, okay, Apple's coming out with a new iPhone six. Go get the five S or the the five C, the week of. So they took her cracked phone, which was a five, which was a four S, and they basically gave her a free five S, free, because they got some value from the old phone. And not, not totally free, you know, there's that two-year plan kind of thing, but you get the idea. So she's only one generation behind the phones. I've got a friend who, he's barely making ends meet, and, you know, his wife's picked up an extra job just in case. And uh, he got a new 6 Plus. <laughs> like, we are addicted to electronic toys. So so I don't think cigarettes are going to ruin us. I think it's Apple. So, um, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. What's going on? What's going on right now as far as uh, loans that are coming in? A lot of pre-approvals. Pre-approvals. People are still, uh, you know, that That's buyer good. pool is yeah. Well, the buyer pool is still out there. A lot of people have been renting for a long period of time, massing up some down payment, and they're itching to get into property. It's, uh, we're, you know, refinances are are big right now. In the last couple of weeks, as interest rates have dropped back down to within a quarter, about about a quarter percent from their all-time lows. So we're back to. 20-month low rates right now, um, so that we had a 57% increase in FHA um, applications because the, and, and that's based on the news of the mortgage insurance dropping uh, significantly. Still not as low as it was, but it's it's about half of what it is now. So, uh, just people are still trying to get that low interest rate. You know, it's uh, everything from an investor looking to buy a 
you know, an owner-occupied fourplex, which is difficult to do uh, in the Bay Area because you got to get that cash flow to work. Uh, to somebody looking at, at vacation property up in Tahoe, I mean, we're seeing everything right now. Uh, and that's what's nice about these low interest rates. It kind of gets people thinking, I, I want to lock that in. I want to lock it in for 30 years. I want it to make sense. A lot of people are calling me right now about jumbos. Jumbo, are, th- their rates are 4% or lower in, in some cases, depending on your credit score. And, and we've never seen interest rates that low for jumbo. So a lot of people are saying, well, I'm in my arm, and I, I don't want to be in this arm forever on a jumbo. Even though I have a great interest rate, it's going to end in two, three, four years. Let me fix it in and hedge against the future interest rate increases. So uh, we're just seeing everything across the board when, when we see this activity in the interest rate movements. And one of the more interesting stories that I think you and I will talk about soon, I don't know if you've been following the California coastline story where a billionaire is trying to keep surfers off of his 79 private acres. It's going to end badly for the billionaire. Um, I'll Open s- access. I'll save that for a little later. But th- to me, that story kind of highlights what's going on in the Bay Area. Billionaires and billionaires are basically dominating the high-end real estate, and no one else can get into it. Millionaires and billionaires are, you know, you could become a millionaire now by getting into the right neighborhood, whether it be in San Carlos or Mountain View or Burlingame. Burlingame used to be a, a, a dump. But now it's the next option up kind of thing for, you know, where the wealth kind of expands into. Now, Burlingame used to be very, very, very blue collar. Um, but it was also the first best city south of San Francisco. So Next best thing. Next best thing. And that, that drives real estate a little bit. So what doesn't drive real estate is 45 minutes east. That's when people get into a lot of trouble when they start thinking Mountain House, when they start thinking Tracy, when they start thinking Stockton. Well, the one thing that we definitely have seen is traffic picking up quite a bit so that that plays into real estate right now people are going to start making more sacrifices and it's something that i've definitely talked about a couple of years ago that once we do see prices going up people are going to move out farther and farther and, and, and start clogging 580 and, and and 80 and and 101 it's just going to it's it's going to keep looking more and more like it was in 2007 or in 2000 or in 2000 you keep telling me what it was like and yeah and it's getting that way isn't it when I got here in 2000, the drive down 101 from San Francisco, if you wanted to meet someone in San Jose, it was two hours. And then it got down to as low as about 40 minutes. And now it's probably about an hour 15. So it's getting back up there. It's getting a little bit more protracted. It's all those kids, those kids getting jobs at Facebook. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at bayarealoansource.com. He can help you with any of your mortgage loan needs. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network. 
presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Trying to get you to retirement. That's kind of what this is all about. Trying to dispel some myths out there, and there's just a lot of bad information. There's a total of three radio, or podcasts tied towards finances that I'd listen to. There's a lot of them that look really credible, like Dave Ramsey. On the outside, it looks great. On the inside, it's just bad advice. Um, there's a lot of scenarios like Suze Orman, who, honestly, I think a, a cotton tip has more of a brain. I would rather you get advice from Chewbacca. The, Mr. T would be a good choice as well. See, he's going to take pity on you for doing bad investments. That's that's nice of you, Mr. T. That's right, Jack. I'd rather you take investment advice from a chicken. Or maybe a dog. So, what's advice a chicken could give? I don't know. There's money in them babies. There's money in those eggs. I'm not telling young women to go to the doctor and give up their eggs, but some people do it. That's how they make ends meet. Anyway, with that said, we have a caller. Pauline? 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 You there? I'm there. What's on your mind? Hey, I got 14 chickens, and I ran this by them, and they had no advice for me, so I'm calling you. It's... I have ATK stock that I bought almost near the bottom. Okay. And I got I read the news recently that they're splitting off their consumer firearms division to a new company called Vista Outdoors. Okay. And I'm not sure what to do, but they said that for every one share of ATK I own, they're going to issue me two shares of Vista for like twenty some dollars a share. They haven't nailed it down yet, and I'm wondering what do I look for? Is that good? Is my stock going to go down to compensate for that, or what should I do? Right, but, your stock will sure. revalue for sure. And thanks for the call, and I'll give you what I can on it. So let's say it's a $70 stock, and I'm just trying to for the audience, not for you. They may decide that the – and let's start over. It's an aerospace defense company, um, leading manufacturer of mission-critical products, including ammunition, gun propellants, rocket motors, small satellites, defense electronics, missile components. They basically make weapons that kill people or parts that help people get killed. The company is a top supplier of ammunition from small caliber rounds to tank ammunition um, to the U.S. and its allies. So they agreed in 2014 to merge its aerospace and defense operations into orbital sciences. So there's a lot going on there. And like you said, the sporting markets, which are you know police shooting citizens and or you going hunting and shooting a deer. Did anyone get the idea that that was funny that I just threw out there? The sporting elements of the police shooting American citizens? It's a game to the cops, apparently. So, and I'm, that's just a joke, everybody. Lines it up. Um, but yeah, so the company, when you're, I take a look at it, I want you to take a look at it on a valuation and not start 
getting into the whole will they or won't they as far as the split spinoffs, you're going you're to get information. You need to read it. And I think that's critically important. You can't just play the game of, I don't have to read this. It's too intimidating to me. Um, they announced the distribution ratio for spinning off at Sporting Group, ATK. Stockholders to receive two Vista Outdoor shares for each one that they own. Um, the complete anticipation of transaction of this date is February 9th, so it's coming up pretty quickly. So if it's a $70 stock and it's not, it's, let's say it's $113 stock because it is, they may decide that the sporting group is worth $30 a share, and because it's a $70 stock, the ammunitions or the military satellite stuff is worth 40 So you're not going to walk away with an absolute winner, but it may unlock some value. Um I don't have a lot of information on this one. This is the type of stock that does really, really well when Democrat or yeah, when a Democrat wins presidency because Americans freak out he's gonna take our guns away from us. Or when we go to war and we've been supplying, you know, ammunition to Ukraine. So we may not be at war, but someone else is. One price target on I see it is about hundred and fifty. Um, the negative factors are embedded in the price of the stock. The upside potential now appears to outweigh the downside potential, so says an analyst. Extremely well-run company. It suffered from both headline risk and um, outside risk. Um, there are not a lot of people who follow this. Small stock deal. Expected to close. Yes. Um, sales trends are weakening in the sporting group, which faces difficult comparisons over the next few quarters. That's the only thing that I see there that's of relevance. Um, I see a $125 price target. I see a $153 price target on it. And that's going to be for the combined. Again, you're going to spin off, and maybe it'll be 75 and 75 if better hits there. Um, order slip quarter, we're um, 900 million down from 1.5 billion. So the decrease was driven by lower orders from their business groups. Yeah, the thing that I don't know about this is their relationships with. Um, the Pentagon, what weapon systems are approved, what weapon systems are like getting kicked back. Like For instance, one of my favorite stocks right now is Lockheed Martin because they deal with basically the Navy and um, the Air Force. And our army in the United States is really going gearing heavily towards the Navy and the Air Force. Less boots on the ground, more planes in the air. So I don't have anything else for you on this one other than to say... It doesn't look horrible, and the valuation doesn't look too stretched or anything problematic. Hopefully that helps a little bit. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Um, Rob? How are you? Good. So you could invest in weapons. Isn't that crazy? I mean... I have a bunch of mutual funds I probably already do. Yeah. Um, you can invest in cancer. You know, on one side, you can invest in like a Merck or a Pfizer who's trying to cure it. On the other side, you can invest in, you know, the guys who are making it, whether it be um, Philip Morris or Altria. So and people are still smoking. I'm shocked. I've been in California now 15 years. And every now and then I look over the car next to me and someone's just totally smoking. I'm like, weird. Whereas on the East Coast, it's like you see babies smoking, like in the, in the nursery. Like, whoa. It's the opposite side of it. So... It was definitely something that it took a while to get used to. We could start showing our age because we remember when it was legal to smoke in restaurants. Whereas, like, my brother, who's probably 10 years older than me, remembers when it was legal to smoke in airplanes. Like, I don't remember that. Yep. I remember the ashtrays in airplanes, but not the actual smoking. So, 
there was a point in time where it was uh, seat belts weren't legal or seat well, you didn't have to wear your seatbelt. And do you know people freaked out about that? They're like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I feel constricted. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't move the wheel. People were freaked out like if their car crashed into a lake, they'd be stuck in the car. Not if the car crashed into a lake, that they would fly out of the car <laughs> through the windshield. You know, I went and saw this uh, horrific car accident. Like, I had a friend who was a paramedic, and uh, he sent me some like pictures of like the worst things he's ever seen. And one of them was a guy who flew out through the window, and the window had opened up enough for him to like get his first part of the body out, and then the glass tempered or did something. So he was half in the car, half out of the car, basically cut in half. Oh. Fascinating, huh? He Fascinating. Had some, he had some stories. With that said, you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's done mortgages for me, numerous. He's done refis for me. He's talked real estate strategy with me. Well, in fact, we did it today. You know, I didn't know this group was... How should we... I thought these guys were all straight in the 1970s. Like, we, we sing this on our boat. I was like 10 years race. old. Anyway, it's the, uh, the village people. I'm Rob Black. So when you're fellow In expert tennis, 80% of the points are won, while in amateur tennis, 80% of the points are lost. I'm involved in a tennis club, and I can tell you that to be true. The same is true for wrestling, chess, and investing. Beginners should, have, should focus on avoiding mistakes, while experts on making great moves. I've got a friend who's, I don't know if it's, I don't want to get racist, I don't want to get like nationalist, but he's a big gambler on stocks and investing, and he doesn't have the assets to do it. I'm like, dude, I just try to protect that money. I just try to play the game and protect money. But he's always out there like trying to like predict the moment he should rebalance his portfolio, pick the moment he should buy a stock, pick the moment he should sell the stock. He's bought and sold Apple probably a hundred times in the last three years. I'm like, that's a lot of work for a guy who doesn't work in the industry. But he's an amateur and he makes, he's trying to hit the home runs and he's not. With that said, um, one of the stories I wanted to get into, because I thought this was pretty interesting, was the California coastline story. States now stepping in to ensure California's God-given right to surf. And I don't know how I really feel about that. Because you know me, if a guy buys a property, he has a right to shoot people that come on his property. But is the coast his property? The State Lands Commission may use powers never employed in 77-year history, seizing private land for public use to end a battle between surfers and billionaire venture capitalist Vino Kosla, who has been locking his gate at the beach property. And basically, sheriffs are helping him, even though there shouldn't be. It appears the sheriffs are like telling the surfers to leave. So California's controller, Betty Yee, said, you know, that's the route he's chosen. And it's unfortunate because certainly... This is a property that hopefully can be available for all those who want to come and enjoy it. My hope is that it can get resolved through negotiations. He owns 89 acres on the crescent-shaped coastline. And again, this is a battle of income inequality. 
in which long-term residents are being priced out of San Francisco Bay Area's technology elite are doing it then. Um, you know, if you've got a dog and kids, like just to go to Half Moon Bay um, down by the Ritz, there's a great beach that you can go and, and hang out. It's a nice crescent-shaped beach. Not good for surfing. But I would hate for that to be taken away. Um, any thoughts on this? Tony Mendez, Bay Area, LoneSource.com. Oh, you know, it. not really. I mean, the guy bought the property. Um, he he probably did some title research on it and showed that it is that it, there were no easements, which it clearly states in the article that he doesn't that there are no easements. So it, maybe he was misled to think that he would have private access to the beach. Um, you know, I think it's buyer beware. I think he got himself into a big problem here, and I think the you know the coastal commission is going to come after him, and they're going to enforce it. But it's also tough to thwart a billionaire. Because he can throw lawyers at you, and surfers can't afford lawyers, and then the state gets involved, and you know the state's gonna they're gonna yank it on him. Um, the previous owner had changed cars; he had basically the previous owner had charged cars a small fee to use the road to the beach, which is bordered by the cliffs and features seals bobbing in the surf. Uh, Forty-five leased cabins and grassy bluffs lines its edge. Um, it's gonna be challenging to watch this happen, but now that the state, you know, coastal commission is involved. Um, I think he's going to lose his battle. Yeah. So, the public owns the beaches. Uh, I don't think he's going to stress too much over it. I think he just wants to fight because he, he can fight. He can afford it. Um, ultimately, uh, you know, the, he could charge a fee for people to come and park there, and he can use that to maintain his property. So this transitions into the argument of eminent domain in the Bay Area. It's being used a lot more than I thought it was going to be used. Um, Fremont, you know, my old radio station, they lost the station. It's been knocked down. It's gone. It's weird. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but the city of Fremont said, you know what? We want some more downtown shopping. Downtown shopping is also going to feature some condos. It's going to bring more young people in. It's going to have, you know, cheaper housing, you know, not single family homes. And they knocked down. They, they basically told all the businesses to get out. They told a bank to get out. Do you know how tough it is to move a bank? Pretty tough. It's pretty tough. Especially when the name starts with the, you know, the name of the city that it's in. <laughs> um. There's a lot going on there, but it's also a lot of cities don't plan, and people need to know that. Like, for instance, one of the cities that I'm in is San Carlos. At one point in time, no one wanted to live in San Carlos because there was Palo Alto where people wanted to live with young families. And then ultimately, there was two high schools, and you know the mayor of San Carlos, probably drunk, says, let's shut one down and put up condos here, put up townhouses. Um, ten years later, uh-oh, everyone's moving here with kids. 20 years from now, they're not going to have enough space for a high school. There's not going to be enough spaces for high schools. They're going to have to bust the kids somewhere or build. So I think what they're going to do is eminent domain. And here comes the issue. The area that I think they'll likely to eminent domain, it's in between the um, El Camino. El Camino kind of separates the city into cheaper housing, way cheaper housing, and way more expensive housing. And I think they're going to go on the way cheaper side and um, take a couple like faux businesses, you know, Businesses that I, I'm not like, who's eating there? I never see anyone there kind of thing. Um, and they're going to take a park. Uh-oh. The poor people on the other side of El Camino, or they're not poor, poor by Bay Area standards, they're going to lose a park. They're going to lose some restaurants. They're not going to be happy. The high school is going to go in. Half of the people in the city will be like, hey, this is great. Half the people in the city will be like, you know, those high schoolers are going to cause hijinks and 
kids are going to get run over by school buses and things like that. Like it brings, I mean, it does bring in Californian laws that, you know, sometimes you don't own what you think you're going to own and um, different turns of events. Like for instance, if they don't get a high school belt, the quality of high school is going to go down. So I don't have a kid in high school, but in my head, I want them to build high schools (laughs) because if they've got good schools, that keeps property values high. My neighbor's 70 years old, him and his wife. And they still donate to the school education fund in large part because it helps keep the value of their homes high to know that a science teacher was willing to come to an elementary school or to know that, you know, an art teacher or a PE teacher, things that have been taken out of the schools in California because of budgetary issues. Um, it's an interesting note. Yeah, you, it, it's, I think it's going to happen more often. And I, you're definitely right about that. You know, there's no other places for a city to grow in the Bay Area. They're going to have to look inward. And, you know, when when you need to revitalize a, a neighborhood, that, that could be the next step, uh, especially when there's such a high demand for, for smaller housing, those condos. And I mean, look what's happening here in, in Fremont. They, they took a huge strip. It, it happened back in – it's happening, still happening in Virginia. And it happened, what, about 20 years ago in one of the rental properties that I, that I was in. And it had a – uh, you know, the landlord one day said, you have to go. Uh, they had built this, you know, it was a like a similar situation where near a BART station, and they just leveled the whole neighborhood, about 40, 50 homes, and they built high-rise condos there. Um, so a little bit of money was talking there, I'm sure, and maybe a little bit of bribery, but I don't think that's, you know, really the case here. I think it's all about revitaliz- revitalization of the community and, and, and making improvements, and there's going to be some sacrifices, unfortunately. I don't think there's any way that you can really predict what's going to happen in your neighborhood. And when it comes to eminent domain, and I think that's important for people. That's that's the part of the conversation I wanted. Is things change? Like my neighborhood could go to crap if they don't get another high school in there, because parents will move closer to high schools. My neighborhood could, you know, do really well if they get more neighborhoods. Uh, more, yeah, except you're on the correct side of El Camino. But that's, I'm wise enough to see the ramifications of unintended consequences. Anyhow, you can find Tony Mendez. You need a loan. A mortgage, a condo, a house, a single family, he does it all. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. John Paul Getty once said something fantastic. He said, it's easy to mistake luck for success. The key to success is, one, rise early. Two, work hard. Three, strike oil. It's all right. So that's how I did it. I rose early. I struck oil. How did I strike early? Oil? Getting up early and working hard. And I do think I literally, figuratively, struck oil. 
Anyhow, um, Bordeaux is a very illiquid investment. Know that there's different types of investments and assets. There's stocks, there's bonds, there's real estate. There's alternative investments like buying a barrel of Bordeaux or a barrel of scotch. Um, But getting rid of that barrel of Bordeaux or that barrel of scotch might be tougher than you think. Getting rid of real estate in a down stock market or a down economy might be a little bit more difficult than you think. So average selling times could go from three months to nine months. Can you afford the mortgage for that extra six months? That's when it becomes a buyer's market when the average time on the market is over six months because that's when people are stressed. Their house has been on the market too long. I want my money. When the house has been on the market three months, yeah, it's going pretty fast. Um, that's kind of the expected side. So these are some of the things that you need to look at. Got an email that I want to share with you. I think this was pretty cool. Guy named Ricardo. He said, uh, happy holidays to me. It's a little bit old. Um, I want you to share a family experience that brought an important financial lesson to my 10-year-old daughter. A few months back, my wife and I um, and my daughter decided to go to Disneyland over the holidays. As you're aware, it's not a cheap vacation. A little less. So I was on the verge of saying no. I expressed that there was no way that we could go unless all of us aggressively saved money for it. So family discussion came about of it. He and his wife were going to contribute $25 minimum each week in some sort of savings. His daughter was going to contribute $5 each week, which was her allowance, and she'll have to hold two cookie sales. The goal was to reach $550 by the first week of December. Pretty viable plan. Although that won't capture all the expenses, tickets, hotel, and travel, it was acceptable. My daughter was in charge of all tallying up all of our savings. She and my wife organized a successful cookie sale, and we'll do her last one right before Christmas, weather willing. For the sale, she plans to sell her own handmade jewelry and my wife's handmade Christmas cards, along with cookies. We explored the cheapest but livable hotel that we could find, found discounts on tickets. My wife is a teacher. She gets a very small discount. And we took Amtrak instead of flying. So, in the end, they exceeded their goal of $750. Part of his Christmas bonus is going to cover the remaining expenses. Hopefully my daughter will learn from this and draw on the experience in her financial future. She can now enjoy Disneyland knowing that she played a big part in it. Now, I'm not going to get choked up and cry, but that's an amazing dad. Teaching a 10-year-old or helping to teach a 10-year-old, not through threats, not through you know just pulling out the card and charging it, but teaching her it takes a bit of a process to get to where you want to go. Love that one. So Disney's one of the stocks that I think you can buy and hold. Hopefully you can get it at a 10% discount, but not likely. They're casting for the third Star Wars movie. They've already got the first one planned for 2015. The second one planned for 2017, episode 8. But now they're planning one for 2016, which will be a spinoff. And, you know, will it be Han Solo? Will it be the Battle of Chewbacca World? Who knows? But Disney, Starbucks, Nike, Johnson & Johnson, Home Depot, Visa... They're all great companies, but you're not going to get them 20% off unless the stock market has just a really bad year and a half, two years. And then that's the only thing I'm buying is those stocks. Facebook or Google, maybe you do get those good companies 20% off, even in a good and healthy market, because they get so far ahead of themselves. You should have some sort of plan of stocks that you want to own that you feel comfortable owning for 20, 30, 40 years, not 20, 30, 40 days. Tony now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. All right. We do a lot of lending, a lot of lending. They're expecting this Staying year to be busy. Yeah, they're expecting this year to be busier than last year. Some say. 
And does that mean you'll see a different type of clientele as it transitions from the quote unquote investor over to the single family and the, um, you know, we've already seen that family formation. Yeah, we've seen that already over the last couple of years. Okay. Uh, family formation is definitely something we see more here in the Bay Area as home prices continue to rise. The dual income is definitely ne- necessary for, you know, most of the buyers that want to stay, with, you know, local as opposed to driving over some mountain um, and sitting in traffic. Uh, and and that's a big concern. You know, if if you work in the peninsula, you're going to want to live in the peninsula. If you work in the East Bay, you're going to want to work in the East Bay or live in the East Bay. And and, and it, you know, it has a little bit more opportunities in the East Bay as far as you know, uh, le- less expensive homes, but and Peninsula is pretty attractive to a lot of people, so it's where the jobs are right now. Um, but the dual income is, is definitely necessary. We're seeing kind of it, investors are, are still there. There's still a lot of cash purchases, and a lot of those are investors, but they're falling off a little bit. You know, the thing that I want to mention about the investors, I'm always surprised by people who have like a million-dollar property, and they'll rent it for $2,000 a month. $24,000 a year. Like that's a 2.4% return. That's not very good. But in their heads great. Like, woo, I made $24,000. Um <clears throat> it's pretty sad. So, you do have to kind of play with the numbers there and to be honest with yourself. In a lot of cases like that, they'll take some money out and maybe buy another investment property. The problem is is that one of the things that you brought up was the rental market and the rate of return, return on investment of the rental market. You know, you and I were talking during the commercial break about one of the properties I have in North Carolina. And like, we started running the numbers. And you're like, yeah, you're kind of break even a little bit up. But I'm not really break even a little bit up. When I, how much time I've had to put into it, there's been a time where, like, there was some water damage and I had to, you know, fork out money fast. Um, this time it's going to need painting and rugs. Um, so that's not going to be cheap because it's been five years since the last round of painting and you basically paint every five years. And people will just conveniently forget that in their head. And that's, you know, $1,000 here. 1500 there, so it's worthy of note. Yeah, the, the, what I was going to say is that, the, you know, a lot some investors that have a lot of equity in their properties, and they do, and they went out and bought the property in cash, and they want to continue, you know, you know and I'm talking about the flippers. Those are the guys who dump a bunch of money and get it right back. Uh, but the, 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 those investors with the equity, they're looking for other opportunities, pull some money out and, and, and go elsewhere, except they're, they're moving farther and farther away from the Bay Area because, I mean, it really does take a million dollars, Rob, to get into a property for it to cash flow the right way. Uh, I, I, we have a client right now that's looking at a fourplex, and, you know, he's looking at putting 30, 40, maybe even 50% down just to get positive cash flow on this property. And that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, if you're looking at a million-dollar property and put $400,000 into it, yeah, you're looking at $400,000 just to break even. So it you know, yeah, you get your mortgage, somebody else is paying your mortgage, and you get some tax deductions, but it's starting to make less and less sense for that, that pure investment in the Bay Area. Um, a lot of people are, you talk about some of the shifting and, and what people are doing as these home prices go up and, you know, as interest rates stay low and inventory is drying up, people are looking more into those, what they call owner-occupied investments, where you can live in a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex. Uh, you're already living in that type of situation in, in a rental, you know, just now you have somebody else helping you pay for that mortgage. And we might see more of that if it's not a family-oriented type of purchase or a dual income. You just go in and, and live in one of these properties, maybe sublease out some of the rooms in your in your, uh, in your your unit and rent the rest. I mean, there's a lot of options people can have right now for that. You gave me some notes this morning. One of them was Jumbo's lowest rates ever. How low are Jumbo rates now? Well, 
they're the lowest they've ever been. Well, give me <laughs> give me a number. Um, well, the, typically what we see between the 30-year fixed conforming, which right now is 3.63% according to Freddie Mac, uh, we usually see about a half point to almost a point. And, and go back to 2010, we were seeing almost a point difference between the 30-year fixed conforming and the 30-year fixed jumbo. Right now that's less than a half a point, uh, bringing it right around 4%, in some cases lower, some cases a little bit higher based on your credit score. But they're extremely aggressive right now. And what what that means is a lot of people are looking at, you know, let's say you went out and got an arm, it looked attractive because rates were a little bit higher and you know, it was an option to have that $800,000, $900,000 mortgage uh, at a lower interest rate, and now you can fix it into a 30-year fixed, and that's where a lot of activity is right now. Would I benefit from a, this? Uh, jumbo is anything over 625000 so you wouldn't. Okay. What's conforming 30 right now, roughly? Well, the regular conforming is 417 in right. most of the Bay Area counties, and 625 is what they call high balance conforming. Okay, no, I'm, I'm looking for the six anything over 625,000. The lower number. What's the what's the average American getting right now? 30 year mortgage. As far as a loan amount? Yeah. Most loans are under 600,000. Work with me here. Right. So about 80 to 86. It's like 86 percent of loans right now are what's 3.63 percent. Okay. That's what I was looking for. It's a little bit higher than that today because that came out last Wednesday. <clears throat> How about the 15-year? 15-year uh, is at 2.98 or 9.3 and some change. And the five-year is like 2.98 and some change for the conforming. So, I mean, the rates are just bouncing right close to where we were back in May of 2013 when the rates were at the lowest. So we're back to where we were, Rob. Okay, and I'm, I'm bringing this up <coughs> in large part just to give people a variance of degrees of ideas of what's going on out there. Taking a look at ten-year treasury, and I'm stunned. Some people yeah. think the ten-year treasury can go to one. I've heard that. That's it's, I like it because I, it's, it's happening in Europe right now. The the German Bund is a, their, their ten-year yield is the lowest it's ever been. It's like point three, point four. So it's it's trickling into the United States as that foreign money is coming into the safer assets. Flight to security. And a couple of years ago, it was American Treasury buying our own debt. People didn't like that. A couple of years before that, it was the Chinese buying our own debt, U.S. debt. People didn't like that. Now it's the Europeans. It's, it's always something. I'm Rob Black. You can find Tony Mendez if you need a loan, a refi, a mortgage product, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I feel truly blessed to be in this position of talking finance with you. I hope I'm a valuable source to you. Uh, there's some really good ones out there. The Wall Street Journal. I, if you can get your son or daughter into reading you know, about businesses and why they succeed and why they fail, I think it's a, a great life lesson. Um, if you can get your kids investing when they're kids, like right now, you've got a 15-year-old kid. 
buy him some shares of Apple at like a buyandhold.com or a Folio FN. Um, or there's going to be one coming out called Robinhood where you can transfer $200 from your bank account and buy $200 of stocks for free. Um, now, they're going to try to get you with margin. They're going to try to get you with credit cards. But the revolution of low cost is there, and you can get your kid kind of excited about this kind of stuff. The biggest regret I have is that I didn't start in the womb. Had my mom or dad got someone to put you know money in the, a bank account for me when I was you know just a little sperm or a fertilized egg is probably when I started. I probably didn't start as the sperm, although maybe I did. I don't know. This whole life and creation thing confuses me at times. But if I could start, go back in time, I would start earlier. Um, so do try to do that. Um, it pays. It, if you have kids, you owe it to your kids to do this. No one on the Forbes 400 list of richest Americans can be described as a permable. A natural sense of optimism is not only healthy, but it's vital to succeed and get wealthy. You can't go, eh, I think we should move to the East Coast because it's cheaper. Like, here's where the opportunity is. You have to see opportunity for what it is. It's a big, fat, bright, shining star. Um, how long you stay invested will be the single most important factor determining how well you are at investing. And that's why you want to start early. And again, if you get up to 600000 by the time you hit 60, congratulations, that's a good number. But if you start at seven years later, that's $1.2 million. And if you start at seven years before that, that's $2.4 million. It's how long you stay in is determines how much wealth you create. Somewhat true with housing as well. One of the things that people are messing up on right now is they, they think housing's gonna go up. What's not gonna go up is what's gonna go up is the cost of affording housing, interest rates. That's where Tony Mendez comes on the show. Yes, we've said it numerous times that we're at record lows on mortgage rates and then we creep back up and then we creep back down. Like it's good, do it now, lock in now, because that's gonna change. Um, I don't think we get back to 7% mortgage rates in my lifetime. I've got 20 years left in my life, I figure. Um, being optimistic, that's my investment timetable. So, um, But as interest rates go higher, the value of homes are going to go lower because people will be able to afford less unless wages are growing crazy. That's the inflation that's driving interest rates higher. Yeah, most people that have a mortgage today, they are not the type of person who is just looking for their property to go up. I'd I, I'm just going to flat out and say it. Those types of purchases, um, you, you can't have those types of expectations anymore about home prices. Um, you can, though, uh, by saying, I am going to lock in a cheap cost of money. Yeah. And that in, in, its turn, in itself will benefit you in the long run. As long as you, um, with the, what I always call, you, use your money in the best way you can. And that is, Always funding retirement first and then working on towards getting a mortgage. Um, and that we, we go back to that original email that you had and, and about a 25-year-old who's looking to, you know, what, what, do I, what are the first steps about getting into a property? And that's save money. Um, save money first, take care of yourself, and then buy a property. It's not going to help you build wealth if you are sacrificing your retirement just to own a property. And I think that a lot of people are going to realize that, you know, the home prices – we're, we're, I, I talked on the show last night, Rob, about how I think the Bay Area is pushing limits on on home prices. Um, you know, we go back to 2007, home prices were much, much higher, uh, you know, about $50,000, $60,000 median uh, home price. Can it get there again? Well, we have the lowest interest. We have 2% lower interest rates than we did back in 2007. Um, I, I just don't think that we can get there with the amount of, without having a ton of sales 
but I think people also learned a big lesson that you know things can happen. Home pr- home prices can fall, and you can lose down payments and retirement. Uh, you know, in in any kind of calamity like that. So I think that you know locking in that interest rate is more important today than it is for uh, a uh, appreciation on the on the property. And then time time is your best asset here. Uh, you, you know, Rob, the National Association of Realtors comes out with a report every three years and talks about the length that people stay in their houses. It was in 2007, it was 12. Most people are going to say it was seven, but there's, there's those people in the industry. But it was 12. It went up to 13 years in 2009. It went up to 15 in 2011. It's up to 16 now. So people are staying in their houses longer, and that time is going to help you build the asset in that property, and then you can use that money somewhere else with capital gains, exemptions, and so on. So staying in the house longer is a trend, and that's going to change the housing market because, to me, the most powerful thing, and this comes back to it again, is it's my mortgage. I could put someone in my, my property and rent it for almost twice what my mortgage payment is because of the low cost of money. And rents are expected to climb slowly, but they're expected to climb over time where I live, whereas that payment isn't going to climb because it's locked in for 30 years. The government's not going to come to me and go, Mr. Black, we want to refinance your mortgage at a higher rate. You got way too good of a rate. So that's the one thing people should be looking at right now. And yes, you may be overpaying, but are you overpaying for 10, 20, 30 years from now, especially if it's a property that can cash flow and be, be a rental? Um, something worth noting. Go ahead. I was going to say the one thing that you can't avoid is that taxes. Property taxes, you know, your, your property tax basis is going to be much lower than the person has to buy it next to you. So it's another factor into how much they need in order to qualify. Even if they did have the same amount of loan that you did, their taxes are going to be higher. So it's just getting more and more expensive. And I, again, I think we're pushing some limits here. Average investor in real estate, you don't have to own a home to own real estate. You could own in what's called a real estate investment trust. If I didn't have enough money to put into a single family home, I'd rent an apartment and I'd own real estate investment trusts through publicly traded stocks. I'm Rob Black. Have a good day. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.